0: good morning mission vineyard what a morning august 2nd we've now been in a pandemic lockdown since march the beginning uh middle of march and you've been so faithful to come together online even though it's not the same as being together and numbers went up in san antonio And then they began to go down, and then they went way up. It seems as if now we are in uh, the Rocky Mountains of levels, and hopefully we are going down the other side right now. As we just recognize the kind of situation that we're in right now, I want to pray. San Antonio being a a place where 350 people have died. Uh, Tons of people are sick, thousands in the hospitals. Almost 30,000 have recovered, thank God. Let's pray together. Let's join together as we're in a season of prayer. And I want to talk just a little bit about that season of prayer that we're in, because I think that there's a lot that we can lean into. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and meet us in the middle of the pandemic that our world is dealing with right now? We've dealt with lots of things throughout the, the millennium, Lord. And now we face this. God, we ask for your safety. We ask for your abundance, even though we're locked down. God, for those who whose shoulders are tense this morning because uh, they're just bent over with anxiety, would you heal them? For those that don't know what to do about kids going back to school, would you meet them there? God, for those that are trying to figure out how to take next steps, even though it feels like stepping through mud, would you meet them? God, for those that have... Have thrived in this season, that have found new ways to find you, that have survived in a way that has been able to see a new facet of your love? Would you bless them, and would you overflow through them to the rest of the community? God, meet our church, meet the church of San Antonio, meet the church of Texas, meet the church of uh, the United States and the world in this season, that we might be about what you are doing no matter what's going on in our midst. We lean into you this morning. If it's just this hour for the whole week, we lean into you, God. And we're so thankful to be able to do that. Thank you for meeting us here, God. Amen. We're going to start a new series today, and that new series is called Jesus People. Uh, we went through a couple different names. People of the Presence was one name. Uh, Jesus people is what we settled on, and I'll tell you why. When I go out into the world these days, you know what I want to see? I want to see Jesus. And I don't see Jesus, not often, but I do see Jesus through you. As a pastor, as a human being, as a man, I see Jesus through you. I'm, I'm looking in my home to all kinds of people that are helping just put out a broadcast this morning. I see Jesus through you. I see Jesus through our small group leaders who week to week pray for their small groups and reach out to them with prayer and love. I see Jesus in Jeff and Carol Galladay behind the scenes right now clicking on things to make things work. I have no idea what they're doing. I see Jesus through Herschel and Lucy Rosser who are still going to go out driving around giving away uh, bags of just popcorn and candy helping to bring joy, salt, and light to the world. I see Jesus and Katie Boucher, who was filled with the Holy Spirit with these outreach ideas, and we're going to have one every month going forward as long as we're locked down, and maybe, maybe even into the future. I see Jesus in carrying people to their next destination as uh, folks are transitioning through military moves in our church, uh, going to university, Uh, I know Willow White, uh, just a couple of weeks, is going to be going out to West Texas. We tried to get her online last week. And just trying to bless people who are going into college dorm situations, not knowing what's going to happen next. But I see Jesus there. I see Jesus comforting people when they feel like they've got to their end. I see Jesus in you. And I would love for the world to see more of Jesus' people, people who go out into the world and As they experience one another, whether it's online or in the grocery store or wherever you can be present, that instead of feeling harassed or slimed when they experience you, instead they receive the fingerprint of the hand of God. They recognize something's different. That person just wasn't themselves in a carnal reality selfishly looking to their own agenda Jesus was in them, and I want that. Folks, no matter what's going on in the world, if Jesus is in us, moving through us, then we can see with different eyes, we can behave in different ways. If Jesus was operating in every person in the world, our world would look very differently, pandemic or not. We all face trials. Jesus said himself, we will all face trials. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. What if every person that you met online or in the grocery store had Jesus in them and all their sins were overcome? Now, I'm I'm not going to say that I'm perfect. You can ask my wife and my kids. They know. Sometimes they may get the, the fingerprint of Jesus. Sometimes they may get my own selfish heart but today I want to lean into becoming Jesus' people. I want to lean into what it means that the world would receive a people that are filled with Jesus instead of filled with their own agenda. Uh, To talk about that, I want to to go to a, a specific book of the Bible. It's called Acts, and Acts is this place where the first disciples of Jesus learned how to become Jesus' people. They functioned in a way that they were just kind of... They had heard from Jesus. Jesus had been resurrected. He taught them through the scriptures. Then he left. And he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come and give you all that you need, teach you to obey all that I've commanded. He's going to bring you through. He's going to really give you the the handprint, the thumbprint, the fingerprint of what it means to be my people. And I want to go straight to Acts, the first chapter, and specifically verse 4, to show you what I'm talking about. Uh, Jesus... Is just amazing. He's amazing. And as he's talking with the disciples, as you go through Luke and, and Acts, you see that he he refers to the disciples and, and shows them all the scriptures. But what the, what the disciples come out, if you read through the book of Acts, and I encourage you to do that in the season, they often refer to David. King David, David, the one from whom the line of, his, the line of Jesse, it's where the Messiah would come from, David did this, and David spoke of this. And this is how we knew, because David was about it. And if you need to read something else besides Acts, I encourage you to read the Psalms, where David poured out his heart before the Lord. Psalm 40, for instance, known by a lot of people because of the U2 song. If you're my generation, if you're younger than me, you don't know who U2 is. Maybe you know who Bono is. But there's a song called 40, and Bono sings... From you two says. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and he heard my cry, lifted me up out of the miry pit, out of the muddy clay, and I will sing a new song. This, these are the words of the psalmist through whatever season they were going through. Whether they, they were being hunted, whether they had made uh, moral mistakes, they they persevered and and they spoke this way because they reflected on how God loved them. And I just I want to tell you this morning, God loves you so much. Maybe there's somebody that's watching this morning and you just need to hear God loves you so so much no matter where you're going, no matter where you've been, no matter what you're in this morning, God loves you. But let's go to the Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and see what it means to be Jesus people. Acts chapter 1, while they were staying, while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. So Luke is is talking about the experience. That Jesus had with his disciples as before he ascended to heaven he told them to not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait how many times if you want to Google yourself just Google how many times is the word wait in the Bible hundreds and hundreds of times God often asks his people to wait in a season there's a lot going on while we wait and Jesus is asking the disciples to wait because he's already up to something He's going to arrive on the scene and give them something that they'll need. And without that, they won't be able to be the Jesus people that the world needs. So wait for what? For the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized. He's looking forward. Wait, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. How nice, they told him. like Maybe a week. Not many days. Soon enough, you're going you're to wait, but soon enough, I'm going to be doing something. So when they had come together, they asked, Lord, what are you going to do in a couple days? Are you going to restore Israel, political Israel? Or are you going to bring this land to the fruition that the prophets talked about? Will you restore this kingdom? And he said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the father has. By his own authority, it's not for you to know. So we could be asking Jesus, Jesus, when are you going to get rid of coronavirus? When are you going to get rid of this pandemic? And Jesus might say back to you, and if he does, then it's probably what he wants. He's going to say, hey, it's not for you to know. Because if we really believe that God is sovereign over the earth, he can release this coronavirus like this. Why isn't he yet? It's not for us to know. We don't know the times or the seasons, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So no matter what the time or the season, no matter what you're going to get, you'll receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And they go through this very interesting thing where they select who is going to be that next witness. Witness. Judas, I don't know if you remember who Judas was, he betrayed Jesus for silver, and he bought a field with that silver, and then he died in that field. It became like a field of blood, if you read the scriptures. So they had to replace Judas, and they chose another disciple, another apostle that was going to be the witness, the witness not only to the baptism of Jesus, it says, to the the acts of Jesus, to all of his miracles, to what he had done, but also to the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. They had to choose somebody new who was going to be a witness, someone who was going to be able to wait, to have the faith to wait. I hate this season of waiting. Raise your Facebook hand if you are not doing well waiting in this season. I know Jesus' people are supposed to wait. If you receive anything from this sermon today, Jesus' people are called to wait. You are called to wait. It doesn't mean we're going to like it. Do you think the disciples liked when Jesus ascended and left them and he told them, you got to wait? No, I want my Jesus back. (laughs) I want my best friend back. I don't want to wait. You might be saying that about your church family, your, your, you may be quarantined from other family members that have contracted the virus, and you're saying, God, I don't want to have to wait. I want you to bring healing, I want you to end this thing. We wait, and Jesus' people are called to wait. We wait for good things. I know I I just turned uh, 41 on July 17th, and a month before I thought, oh, it's a month until my birthday. So for a month, I got to wait for my birthday. That was great. I don't know when your birthdays are. Maybe you can put them up in in the Facebook feed, and we can all wait with you for your birthday to come. I think celebrating birthdays is great. Uh, soon my wife and I are going to pay off uh, some debt and we are going to celebrate when we pay off that debt. I am waiting in grateful anticipation. We're going to pay off that. We're going to be free from it. And I'm so excited. There are great, great things that you wait for. And so if you would, in the Facebook feed right now, what are some great things that you're waiting for? Or some great things that you had to wait for? What are some, some hopeful things? Some things that you watched for? Maybe some of you had a calendar and you made X's on the calendar as you waited. What are some things? Put those on the Facebook feed. I'd love to see. What are some great things that you've waited for? I love your raised hands. You're waiting. The good things you're waiting for. My wife's birthday's in two days. I've been waiting because I want to make seafood for her. We're going to have mussels and clams, maybe fried, maybe sautéed. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet, but um, we're going to be celebrating, and so we're waiting for her birthday. Looking forward to your comments this morning. What are are the good things that you've gotten to wait for? What are the good things that you're waiting for right now? We wait for good things. We've all had the opportunity to wait for good things. I think about y'all who have been pregnant. I've never been pregnant, so I don't know. But I've seen my wife wait in pregnancy. There are some of you right now that are waiting to get pregnant. And some of, sometimes that can, there can be this tension of like, in pregnancy and waiting to get pregnant, like this hopeful thing like, maybe it'll happen. And in being pregnant, like, oh, I can't wait until this baby comes out. But like there's this anticipation that arises. This waiting. Jesus' people are called to wait and wait well. Waiting to be with my church and preschoolers. Love it. For Netflix series. Absolutely. Oh, and if you talk to my family, uh, there was a, a Minecraft release that happened. Boy, was there waiting. There was a great waiting that happened. Waiting to see Jesus. Waiting. Moving to a bigger house. Waiting for school program to begin. Waiting to see my family again. These are all great things that we wait for. And I know that some of you have also been waiting for hard things. Some of you are waiting for medical procedures to happen. You're waiting for, I've got a friend of mine that's in cancer treatment right now, and so he waits from season to season of getting chemotherapy. What are some hard things that you've had to wait for? Maybe you've had family members that have passed away, and you sort of knew, like, this is coming. Maybe that they've gone on hospice care, and you've You've had to lean into this waiting and this hard sort of um, not wanting it to happen, but knowing it's going to happen and learning how to deal with this hard waiting. Jesus' people are called to wait. Everybody waits, but Jesus' people are called to wait. And that waiting looks a bit differently. There's a Greek word, I'm going to get nerdy on you right now, for those of you, um, I, I studied a little bit of Greek, and so I may mishandle it a, a little bit this morning, but um, to wait, or to say, I wait, when we see that throughout the scriptures, there's a Greek word, it's perimeno, perimeno, peri is just that, that terminology of being about, being all about, being proximate, being, being sort of around, if you imagine like angels around you right now. They are peri, you P-E-R-I, or it's different letters in the Greek, obviously. But if you just have that picture of like surrounding and just in the midst, all about, very proximate. And then meno, the other part of the word, uh, to stay, to abide, to remain, to be present. So we're, we're leaning in, that Perry moment, we're leaning in, we're all about to this staying, to this abiding, to this remaining, to being present. For all those things that you're waiting for right now, for all the things you've had hopeful waiting for or hard waiting for, can you imagine this word intersecting with your feelings, to lean in, to be proximate, to stay, to remain, to abide? and to be present with your waiting. Each one of you has been waiting. And maybe you have felt lies in the waiting, rise up to fears, rise up to anxieties and anger and depression in the waiting. But you haven't been able to pay attention to it. Waiting, as God calls us to it, means to be very, very present with waiting. You are waiting. Can we sit with that for just a moment? We are waiting. Can we be present to our waiting? We are waiting for this virus to be gone from our society. We are waiting for those who are sick in the hospital to be healed. We are waiting for our community to go back together and to even have a facility of its own. We're waiting. Now, for those who don't know that Jesus has called them to wait, For just people, I've just put a a line and people. (laughs) Sometimes waiting can feel stuck. Sometimes waiting can feel like you're stopped. Like even you missed something, like you're late. Like this whole situation has caused us to not be able to catch up like we wanted to. Some of you As I talked about paying off debt, you're like, yeah, we were hoping to do that too, but then we lost our jobs. And so you feel like you missed it, like you were late. Maybe some of you are feeling stranded, grounded, like you had this anticipation. You had already been waiting and hoping, but now you're feeling grounded. Some of you are feeling lost. Some of you are feeling like this whole situation is waste. It's just wasted time. In the scriptures, Jesus' people have a different picture of waiting. That waiting is different because when Jesus says wait, when he tells the disciples to wait, there's already a thought that God is up to something. In fact, as you go through all the scriptures, if you Google wait and Bible, what you see there is waiting always coincides with God's activity. Always. Friends, Jesus people know that waiting has activity to it even if we're not able to be active. Waiting means that God's already involved and invested He takes the place of that that staying and abiding and remaining and being present. He is all about us. He's leaned in. He's proximate. God is active in the waiting. So what we recognize in waiting, Jesus' people recognize in waiting that God is near, that we get to be present near him, that we get to abide with him, that we're not alone in the waiting that the God of the universe, the God that created the stars and the space in between the stars, that he's with us, that we abide with the creator, with the savior, with the Empower, with the one who gives us mission, with the one who brings us character of love and joy and peace and patience. That patience one, I think, is really critical in this waiting. As Jesus' people wait, we watch, because if we believe that God is already active, we can anticipate watching for what he's up to. We anticipate life. Jesus' people don't wait and we, when we feel stuck. Jesus' people are able to anticipate that because God is active, we can anticipate life. Now, I want to get to you uh, with you about this, this watching. So, as we've been waiting, I, I have felt stuck. There have been times that I've, I've been a fully-fledged, active Jesus person in the sense, and there have been times when my strength has just run out. And that's probably for you, too, and that's nothing to feel bad about. But there was a season where I asked God, I said, God, would you... Would you teach me how to wait well? Uh, The the exact prayer was, Lord, it's been a while since I've dreamed with you. Would you teach me how to dream? And he didn't necessarily give me dreams, but uh, what he did do (laughs) is he gave me hope. And he invited me to watch with him. And then I invited you to watch with me. So we went to 24 Hours of Prayer, which it, um, if you had been in that 24-hour prayer room, you could just you know, share your, your thoughts on what that 24-hour prayer room was on the feed right now. Uh, I, I think it was one of the most positive things our church has ever done. And I want to thank you all, especially those that were up late at night who watched and waited and prayed and hoped for an hour at a time, even more on our 24-hour prayer feed. It was so life-giving. When we did that, I I began to see God's activity. In fact, I said, let's go to prayer. We're going to have a 24-hour prayer room. And then the national office of the Vineyard said, and I've told you this before, they said, hey, guess what? We're praying for you this week. How can we pray for you? And I said, well, pray for our 24-hour prayer room. And then we began to pray. And then as we began to pray, we set in motion, and Larissa showed you before, We've got a plan to pray for 40 days. And last week, we got to pray for leadership. And thank you, Katie Boucher, for leading us in a devotional last week on that. We're praying for leadership. And this week, we're praying for overflow and diversity in our church. In those 40 days, what we planned on was April 9th, that we would pray for the blessing of our city. And wouldn't you know, our city, God had by his Holy Spirit said, hey, as you're waiting, I want you to pray with me. And so on August 9th, the whole city is praying together downtown. And you can go to praysa.org for more on that. When we change, when we, we, for me, what happened was God said, I want to invite you to wait. And as you wait, I want you to watch what I'm up to. Now, I've been okay at this. I don't know, some of you have been a little antsy these days, I've been a little antsy too. Well, my wife noticed I was being antsy as well and she said, you need to go away. And Mo Ranch, which is just about an hour and a half away, uh, happened to have some openings and so I went over there and just had some time alone f- with the Lord. I know it, uh, for some of you, you can't do that and, and I was really thankful that, that I was. And uh, there's this cross, if you go to Mo Ranch, there's a cross at an outdoor chapel, on the top of a hill, and the the cross happened not to be there, but I went up there every so often on my, my personal retreat and just spent some time with Jesus. And he invited me up there at sunset and then into the night, and I really wanted to leave. I did not want to stay up there. And he said, can't you watch with me for an hour? And I felt convicted that, no, Jesus, I've been having a very hard time staying still for that time. He reminded me of a scripture, actually, This watching takes place very critically at the end of Jesus' life. This is Matthew 26, 38. Jesus said to his disciples, my soul is very sorrowful. Feel me, church. This is Jesus saying, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. And Jesus said, remain here and watch with me. Watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it's possible, would you let this thing pass for me? Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. I just feel so convicted. As Jesus is all, is all he's, he's being active, the Holy Spirit's active in our midst. And I have a hard time watching, and sometimes I fall asleep, even though I'm awake. Sometimes those distractions can look all, all kind of different ways. But I'm not spending a lot of time, from time to time, watching with Jesus. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me for an hour? Ah, I just, it hit my heart. I'm on this retreat The kids aren't around. Our leader's taking care of the house. And Jesus asked me, can you not watch for an hour? I mean, this time of any times, can't you just stay with me? And I am being eaten alive by mosquitoes at this time. Even though I'm out in Hunt, Texas, even though I'm at elevated height, there's still mosquitoes around and they are biting my legs. And I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, this is so annoying. I don't have bug spray on. I don't want to stay here and watch with you. And he said, can't you just watch for an hour? So I looked at my watch very intently, and I didn't even give him a whole hour from that moment. I said, Jesus, I got here at 8.55 or 9.05. I'm going to stay for an hour from then, no longer. And I just pushed back on him because I was just frustrated that I had to be outside. Well, Jesus says to his disciples, watch and pray so you may not enter into temptation." What does that temptation look like in your life, I'm wondering? Why would Jesus, instead of calling you to feel stuck in this waiting, what would it look like for Jesus to invite you to wait and watch, watch with him so that you don't slip into temptation? What could that temptation look like? What does it look like right now? Is it different than before COVID? I bet not. I bet it's the same as before, but it's intensified now. Because the distractions pop so much more easily. Because we're more anxious and more fearful. Jesus said, watch, so you don't go into temptation. He said, my spirit, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went and prayed, and he said, my father, if this cannot pass until I drink it, your will be done. And poor Jesus, he came back to the disciples, and he found them sleeping again. For their eyes were heavy. Church, I know your eyes are heavy right now. I know this waiting is hard. I'm with you. I'm with you. And as, as a leader of the church, as a pastor who's filled with vision for what God's going to do in our church, multiplying it to 18 churches by 2035, I have had a hard time with this season of waiting. I had dreams for what Easter would look like for our church and this time in between. I'm sad that people have gone away. I'm sad that our leaders are tired of doing one thing or another. I'm sad with you. I don't like this watching, but Jesus says, watch with me. Stay with me. And so I was out there and watching for an hour and I was just looking at the moon and sort of some dusty clouds passing before the moon. And Jesus said, I want to reveal myself to you now as you watch. And I thought he was going to come down with a thunderbolt and a sword and, like, show off. And he didn't. He just remained with me in the quiet and stilled my heart. Church, waiting and watching is so good for us. Watching with Jesus. Waiting and watching alone, well, I think that's really hard. Psalm 62, 1 and 2, for God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Not from anything else in the exterior. And I I think the temptation these days is to look for something we can stand on. To try to get the answers that we can step on. Something that's sure. We're we're looking and, and the temptation is to make it up. But in the Psalms, which Jesus encourages the disciples to, I think, says from him comes from my, my salvation. Not from anything else in the world. In the waiting, from Jesus comes from my salvation. From the Lord of the universe comes my salvation. He alone is my rock. In the waiting, in the watching, we don't look for the spectacular. We stay with him. He is my rock. He alone he is my fortress. He's the only thing that can, that can protect me. And guess what? I shall not be greatly shaken if I watch and wait with him. Not because anything on the outside changes, not because we have a solution, some sort of medication, some sort of shot that we can take. No matter what, we can watch and wait and God will protect us. Friends, I know that you're angry and frustrated and waiting is hard, but you will not be beaten by this. Jesus' people know that in the waiting, they can recognize and watch that God is their fortress. And because of all that, instead of being desolate, desperate, instead of leaning into depression, we lean into hope. And I know you want to hope for things that you can grab, like meds that'll fix everything or some sort of shot or whatever. I know, you want to, I know you want to stand on some great leadership in this country. That would be the solution for everything. Guess what? It's not. The best of the best in this world is not going to keep us from shaking. It never has, and it never will. But the Lord our God, if we wait and watch with him, he stills our soul. And he is the only one that ever gives us hope. No no amount of money, no amount of friends, no amount of vision is going to give us the hope that we need in order to endure through this life. Pandemic or not. God alone gives us hope. And he loves us so much that if we would wait and watch with him, he would give this hope to us. Paul talks about this in uh, Romans 8. Romans 8 is one of the best chapters of Scripture in all of Scripture. But uh, it's so easy to go back to for so many different things. And the Lord brought me back to it this week as I was preparing. Romans 8, 23 says, For in this hope we were saved. And he's talking about how God has changed our lives to be able to recognize the Holy Spirit no matter what's going on. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope is not hope. Hope that's seen. Anything that you can see, anything, any leadership, any physical thing, any meds, that's not really hope, Paul says. Good luck to you if you want to stand on the promises of this world. They are going to fade away. God is shaking us right now, and I hope that what he's shaking in your life is any hope that you've had to stand on from this world. God is saying, do not put your hopes in this world. They will always disappoint you. Hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? Stop it. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the spirits. We all groan as we wait eagerly. For the real hope, which is the adoption as sons and the redemption of our bodies. But watch this verse, folks. But if we hope for what we do not see, then we're able to wait with patience. When we hope with this enduring waiting and watching of the Holy Spirit, he brings us in to one of the fruits of the Spirit because we're waiting by the power of the Holy Spirit into what only the Spirit could bring. If your waiting has come with depression, you're waiting with the wrong foundation. If your waiting gives patience, now you're standing on real hope. If we hope for what we don't see, we wait with patience. Likewise, here it is. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. Oh, I need this so badly. (laughs) Lord, I want to be strengthened where I feel weak. I want to be strengthened where I slip into the worst of who I am. Where my thumbprint, my fingerprint on the world looks like anger and resentment and impatience. Ugh! Church, say with me on Facebook in the best way you can. This grossness, I know you have felt it when the worst of you comes out because this waiting has not been on the right foundation. The waiting instead has been based on a lie and on fear and on anger and you posted something stupid on Facebook or Twitter. Friends, I've been there. I'm with you. We're doing stuff out of anger. But look... The Spirit helps us. woohoo! In the waiting, we get to change our foundation instead of hoping on the things we see, we hope in the things we can't see, and the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Yay! For we don't know what to pray. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do Oh, gosh, church, I'm so sorry for those of you who received these amazing bags and you got a in ditch, which is you rang the doorbell and ran away. Nobody was at the door. That was me. You know why? I don't know how to wait. I don't I'm, I'm, I didn't know how to stand at the door. I didn't know if, if it was OK to have a mask on with you or not. I didn't know what to say. Friends, I'm with you. This time is so weird and I want to be so present with you and I don't know what to do. We don't know what to pray as we ought, but watch, the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. All right, for those of you who know anything about spiritual gifts, maybe you've been around for a while, you know that there's a a spiritual gift called praying in tongues. I just want to teach on this for a little bit. Praying in tongues can be the weirdest thing that you ever experience. If you go through our Alpha class, then there's a time uh, for experiencing the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit and experiencing uh, spiritual gifts. In our last Alpha class, I'm so excited, God did it through Zoom. People experience spiritual gifts through Zoom. And one of the gifts that God's given me is speaking in tongues. And so I just spoke in tongues through Zoom. Speaking in tongues can be helpful in the season because then we experience this hope that we don't see. The the scriptures talk about, and Paul writes specifically, he said it's for our edification. If you all want the the gift of tongues, I believe that God can give it to you. It's not the end all. It's not the gift. Paul says, if anything, prophecy is the gift that you want. Tongues is helpful for edification. And I think in this season of waiting, as Paul talks about here, the spirit groans. There's a groaning in us that God does in us spiritual groaning which can sometimes be praying in tongues i believe connecting with angelic tongues connecting with the groaning of the universe that god has by his spirit groaning's too deep for words that's that's edifying it's good for us it's a gift for us that helps participate in the spirit's movement as we wait and watch and hope In a time where we can't see anything that we can stand on. Psalm 33 says, our soul waits. If there's a way to put letters on the Facebook feed there, the, oh, my soul, the depth of who I am, waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him i know for some of you you're hearing my heart is glad your heart is glad not in what you can see in the world but your heart can be glad in him he loves you so much he wants to gladden your heart he wants to lift you up from the muck and the mire he wants you to be able to wait with a hopeful anticipation and watch with him, even though our world is bringing suffering. Our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Church, would you write in the feed? If, if we were all together, I would say, can we all say this together, but change it to me. Let, my, let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon me, even as I hope in you. Church, would you write it together with me? Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon me, even as I hope in you. We're, I'm praying it again. Lord, let your steadfast love be upon me as I hope in you. This is the waiting that we're called to. This is the waiting of Jesus' people. This is what makes Jesus' people for our world make a difference in the world. Church, can you imagine a world where everybody's praying, Lord, let your steadfast love be upon me as I hope in you. Pandemic or not. Medication or not? Amazing leadership or not? Church, family together or not? Worship online or in present, Vaccine or not? Going to school online or in in person? Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon me as I hope in you. I know there are some of you that are hoping for specific things uh, today, physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. Uh, Before the service, there were folks that have been praying for you. They pray specifically to hear from God for some specific things. I want to pull up those words this morning. Uh, That's why Paul said the words of prophecy are are really important, uh, because they can help uh, bring to unity some things that we can pray for. So specifically, God has answers for parents who are making decisions about their children's schooling. And first, parents, I wanted to invite you into a different kind of waiting, not a waiting of anxiety about what you can see in the world, but a waiting in the Lord, no matter what's going on. God has answers for you, parents who are waiting to make decisions about your children's schooling. Another word is choose life from God nothing else gives life I don't know what kind of life you guys are choosing today but one thing that Jesus did tell me on the retreat as folks I'm struggling with you with you really about what being a church can mean in the season and what kind of church God is hoping that we can be and and I I get discouraged when certain numbers are down or up or wh- whatever I, I my emotions are sometimes tied to those places. Can I tell you something that Jesus told me for those who are choosing, wanting to choose life from God and not from something else? There is nothing greater that's ever been done in this world than the cross of Jesus Christ. You can't do anything better. There is no life that could come that's any greater than the cross of Jesus. He's done it for us. He's done it in you if you've received him. And there's nothing greater that could ever come. I think that God wants us to lean in to this life that can come from God. Someone who's struggling with anxiety, come and smell the sweetness of his holy presence. And I'm going to join you all. This is going to be a bit different today. For those of you who go into the prayer Zoom room today, I'm going to be joining with you and praying for people specifically for God's holy presence and even for those of you who would receive the gift of tongues. I want to be with you today in that. Let God direct you to release the abundance he has given you. For those of you maybe are living in abundance, maybe God has supplied your needs, maybe it's financial, maybe it's emotional, we all have a spectrum of poverty. Maybe you have an abundance of family or community and God wants to release you to that abundance that he's given you. But none of this happens unless we receive Salvation from Jesus. And so I want to th- lead you right now through a very simple prayer of thank you, sorry, and please. For anybody who's not received this hope from Jesus, you're, not, you're, you're a blank person. You're just a person, and you've been waiting alone in discouragement. You've been waiting alone, and what it's looked like for you is more feeling like you're stuck. In your whole life, maybe you've experienced this, or stopped, or like you're always late to what could have happened in your life. You're always living in those past moments instead of being able to live in the future. You feel like you've missed out, stranded, grounded, lost, like most of what you've been able to have has been wasted. It's not really born fruit, and it's not going to last beyond your years. You know what will last beyond your years? The love of God that he has for you. It's the only thing that's going to last. The only monument that matters in this world is how much God loves you. And if you want that written down, the scripture talks about how God gives you a new name and it's a name of love and it's the only thing that lasts. Would you pray with me now a simple prayer of thank you, sorry, and please. God, thank you. Pray with me right now. God, thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. I am so sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. And just right now, just lay them all at the cross. The greatest thing that this world has ever seen, this universe has ever seen. Would you lay them before the cross of Jesus? He's died for you because he loves you and he wants to set you free. We lay it all down, Lord. I feel like some of you, the Holy Spirit's even coming upon you. You're at home and you're feeling like, this welling coming up, I know we prayed that people would receive tongues today. Oh, I, I did. Uh, some of you just need to open your mouth at, your, at home and just begin to just pray in tongues. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but there's something rising up in you if you would just speak it out. God wants to give you a groaning to be able to endure this season, to be experience the Holy Spirit, to be ed- being edified. Uh, I'm sorry, this transitions. I just feel like God's doing something. And I know some of you have been praying to receive Jesus, and and this is already, as you're saying, please forgive me. God's already doing this in you. For those who are saying, please forgive me, would you also pray with me? I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. I repent. And now this please, please come into my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being real, being alive. Please come into my life. Please come into my life. By the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Would you, f- Holy Spirit, would you fill me right now? I think, I think just about everybody needs to pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, fill me right now. into my life. Be with me forever. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can live by your Spirit. That the foundations of my life would not be what I see, but what the salvation that is that you gave me. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There may be a a temptation that's befalling a, a few of you. Maybe you're feeling a bit left out by not having like a palpable experience. Or, um, would you please not worry about that? This is a time to lean into the things that we can't see. It's not about what our emotions are doing or anything like that. We, we, we shut down all that stuff because we, we believe that the Holy Spirit's real enough to do what he wants to do no matter how we're feeling. So for those of you who would like more prayer, I encourage you, and uh, hopefully we'll get this um, link. Thank you, guys, if you'd like to receive prayer you put up this Zoom link, I would encourage you to go into this Zoom link right now and there's people that are ready to pray for you through whatever uh, emotional, physical, spiritual need you have. Uh, For those of you who have financial needs, uh, we have a fund and and I'm thankful we keep getting requests uh, for folks that need rent assistance. I believe that we're about to hit a wave of need uh, as a city and, and I'm so thankful. Thank you all for giving in such a way that our church can be ready for that to be able to help those in need. But um, if you have any need, would you, would you engage this Zoom room, please, in faith, this, to replace all of the, the false foundations? Would you be able to engage today? I, I invite you to that space. Uh, you can click on it now. And for those of you uh, else who are staying on the feed, I want to pray for you right now and bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would wait on the Lord not as somebody that's without Jesus, but that you would wait as Jesus' people, watching and hoping, hoping by the power of the Holy Spirit for what he's doing in this, in this time. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, uh, this week, uh, we are going to be not having a small group time. There won't be a time where our whole church comes together. But the week after, I want to invite you to a prayer training. Uh, There's an event on Facebook. There'll be a Zoom link there that you can engage in. Uh, This is our five-step prayer model training. This is our fourth module of three. There's three other videos. We're going to connect those to that link so you can see those other videos and be ready for that training. But would you prepare, not this coming Wednesday, but the Wednesday after, to all be together for this prayer training, whether you've been through it before or not? This is going to be an excellent time of remembering what it means to listen and wait for the Holy Spirit as Jesus' people. I encourage you to be Jesus' people wherever you are. Share those bags with your neighbors. Don't be afraid. Pray and and have the faith to even lean into different gifts of the Holy Spirit like praying in tongues. Uh, Pray to receive the character, the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit in your life of patience. Lean Lean in in with him and waiting and watching and hoping because this is what he's doing right now in our midst. Continue to pray with us through these 40 days and uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, in some different Zoom rooms and some different things this week as encouragement. God bless you, church. It's great to be with you.